this one time a game. We went to Dicehead Games and Comics in Bradley Square Mall in Cleveland, Tennessee, because today was free RPG day. Wow. All right, let's roll for initiative. Welcome to On a Roll, the only podcast to help you level up your RPG. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you uh, have more fun at your game. Because the only way to win a role-playing game is to to have have fun. fun. So we are recording live. Yes. (laughs) This is the same thing as being live, is recording live. Right, we're recording live. We are at Dicehead Games and Comics in Cleveland, Tennessee. (laughs) Uh, today is free RPG day. So what does that mean? There's well, a, all the games are free this, today? First of all, all of your local game stores should be running a bunch of game demos. So if you want to play Dungeons and Dragons, you could be at your local game store right now while we're recording this, but not right now while you're listening to this, because it you, was three days ago. If you're listening to this in the present, you missed it. Yes, you missed it. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Also, if you're it, listening to this in the present... You're I here? listen to things in the past. Oh yes, you are here listening. So to maybe right they now. are role playing. Yeah, maybe they are. I don't know. Oh, this yeah. is getting too meta. I'm so confused, but I do know this. I know that we got uh, some cool free demo games. Let's see. I've got uh, Kids on Bikes, which you backed. I um, ba- that's right. I backed Kids on Bikes on Kickstarter. It looked really cool, and I missed it. Yeah, it's super fun. It's kind of a Stranger Things sort of thing. It's. It's a role-playing game where you play kids who uh, are solving supernatural, crazy mysteries on your bikes. I'm that in. That sounds awesome, yeah. I'm yeah. in. I'm completely in. This and, looks awesome. And what's in particular really cool is the artwork is really neat. The The design on the cover is amazing. Yeah. All of the interior art is the same sort of design. It has a very pen and ink graphic sort of yes. look. It's It's got that... Um, old comic book, the the uh, color stipulation yes. kind of feel yeah. to it. That's very neat. I miss comic books that have this sort of detail. Yeah. I mean, everything's a little... And the stories are still great, but... And the everything's a little good, too but smooth it's, now. Right, it's very smooth. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel hand-drawn anymore. And I understand that's probably a lot... Because it's not hand-drawn It's not hand-drawn, and it's also <laughs> much faster production that way. Right. Yeah. I personally prefer the hand-drawn artwork... I really, you know, I, I really dislike, uh, like, the new World of Darkness art. And I don't mean Chronicles of Darkness, but I mean, like, the stuff that they're doing. Uh, the, you don't like photo manipulation. I don't like the photo manipulation stuff. To be fair, you are the curmudgeon, so anything new you should be totally against. It's true, but, you know, like uh, like Tim Bradstreet, his pen and ink work in the original Vampire Oh, it stuff, is phenomenal. No it's one can, phenomenal. Yeah. And, and he's moved to photo manipulation. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I follow him on Facebook, and... His stuff is starting to revert back to the hand-drawn. He's that's, going back to pen and yeah, stuff? Yeah, it's, that's it's awesome. exciting. Yeah. That's good because it's, his photo manipulation is very okay. I think it's good. I think the problem is that his illustration is phenomenal. Yeah. And, and so when you do something ma- super good and then you go do something else and it's just okay, it makes it look worse. Right. I think part of the problem, too, is, you know, photo manipulation. The type of manipulation that he does is a style. Right. And... Whether he's good at it or not, I can't comment because I'm not an artist. But the style is not good. It's not one that I like. Right. I, I like the old painting stuff. It has yeah. a lot more emotion in it. Though some of those pictures in the book are good, none of them are as good as the old, uh, the old stuff yeah. he did in the yeah. old vampire books. Yeah, Carrie really nailed it. Like, yes. his, his, the stuff is good. 
but it's not phenomenal. It's, yeah. it's almost like I have a degree in this. Yeah. 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 Almost. Yeah, I like how she always brings up the fact that she's got a degree and no. we both dropped out of school. Hey, <laughs> it's the only thing that I've got. You guys both have jobs. Oh, you don't I don't. Have a, uh, you don't have a daughter that you help raise. Or, no. Or a podcast. Psh. Yeah, this podcast actually made my house payment this month. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> I also have a house payment. <laughs> what what, what house are you talking? The birdhouse? What else Ooh. What else did we get on Free RPG okay, Day? I got Overlight because I keep seeing copies of... Uh, Facebook keeps telling me that I should back this. Oh, well. But I haven't yet. So I thought if I get the quick start and I like it... Maybe I will go back and back it when or you get say, a physical copy. When you say back it, is it on Kickstarter, Kickstarter It's on Kickstarter, yes. It's, okay. it's very it's pretty looking. On, yeah, you know what? That is one thing. The art is amazing. What, what is this about? Cause I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's a monkey on the front cover. I'm uh, in. From what I, cool. I did skim over their uh, Kickstarter page, and they, it's, it's some sort of world in which all the elements have been separated, and it's represented through different colors of light. It is. Okay. Beyond that, I don't they, know. It is the role-playing game of kaleidoscopic journeys. I, yes. You know, and that's a pretty cool tag. I'm, yeah. That's cool. And yeah. I like the art style. It's, yeah. The it's kind of like old paintings done in a hurry, but well, in a good it, way. No, well, this is like, uh, I mean, this is on a, oh my gosh, never mind. Okay, <laughs> no, next. no, I do want to hear it. No, I do no, hear it. you guys no, are going to be it looks like about. It looks like oil paint done with a, a really thick paint with a palette knife. Yeah. No, this this was done on a computer. Uh, yes, all of it's all done on a computer now. Yeah. But that's what it looks like. But, but, but what it's, are you going to say? Well, I was going to say it's one of those fun, loose yes. computer sketches that I think is what actually is the strength of computer art. Okay. Sure. We've also got a copy of Dungeon Crawl Classics. It's a, uh, a starter, uh, a quick start rules. Of course, Dungeon Crawl's classic is is pretty famous right yes. now. Uh, it's doing really well. That's the whole reason I picked it up, because I hadn't actually looked at any of their stuff before, and I thought, this is a good chance. I get so focused on LARP, I haven't tabletop in forever. Yeah. Right. Oh, there's two adventures in here. That's oh, fun. wow. I just thought it was they were doing something cool with the back and made it upside they down. They did it upside down? No. Yeah. That's cool. Well right. done, Goodman Games. Yeah, let's see. I've also got TNT Adventures, which I, again, oh, it's it's a Tunnel and Trolls mini That rules. makes way more sense. Because we had, right, we don't play Tunnel and Trolls, so we didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I just kept going TNT. <laughs> Is that the one that opens with a manga? Mm, yes. This does open with a manga. <laughs> there we go. It looks cool. So I'm going to give it a shot. Maybe we'll play it one afternoon, and I'll let y'all know how it came Yeah, out. absolutely. Yeah. And Unknown Armies, that's another game that I've heard about forever and I, people love. I like that it says Maria in three parts. Like, I what assume is, that's the name of the story. What is Maria, and oh. why has she been cut into three? Poor right. thing. We'll find out when we play Unknown Armies. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, a, it's another setting that a lot of people love that I just never invest any time in, and I thought this is a good opportunity to check it out. It looks gritty. It is, it's kind of a, a gritty, some people use it, uh, like we all know what the World of Darkness is like. We all know. Right. I mean, one of us is wearing a Werewolf of the Apocalypse shirt. You have to guess which one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other one is wearing a, like, 1970s Gen Con in Milwaukee. To remind everybody that she's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> Back when they were still at Mecca. Yeah, it yeah. was at Mecca. It was so cool. Yeah. That was the, the only time I've been would have been around... 94, 95. We might have been there at the same time. That's true. Have, yeah. Yeah. You may have played in the same game together. Ooh, Maria is a Van Helsing. I don't know what else that means, know. but that no. I'm in. That's it's, it's, uh, the reason why I brought up World of Darkness is some people play this instead of the World of Darkness. Yeah, I it's mean, really. in the back it even says the occult underground. Yes, you know, it's yeah. kind of a uh, what if the world was darker, what if there were secrets type sure. of game. 
Well, very cool. So it's free RPG day here, and we are looking out at, uh, at all the people here. There is a table running a very beginner group of Dungeons & Dragons right now. Right. Marty, Marty is fairly experienced, my wife. She, she's played for years, but she hasn't played 5th edition at all. Right. And she hasn't played probably a tabletop game, sit down over any length of time. And, well, she plays once a year at a convention, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Scott has never played a real tabletop game, my that's- son. Right. Uh, how, old is, how old is Scott? He's 11. Okay. And Dakota is also playing how old is she? Dakota is our daughter, and she is going to be 9 next month. Right. So she's 9 and 7 eighths. Well, 8 and 7 eighths. Oh, yes. Math. That's what I meant to say. She's no. eight, 8 and 11 twelfths. 11 twelfths. <laughs> uh, and there's a... Uh, and this is her second... Looks like 20, 30, early 30-something guy who's playing with him. You know what's one of my favorite things about gamer culture is? Is that you can sit down at a table... And with, play with the broadest group of people imaginable. Yeah. Right. And you can still have a good time. And it's super cool too because it's like that like that guy. We don't know who he is. Nope. He, he seems cool though. He just sat down and said, sure, I'll play with two kids and an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> Marty's it's, gonna it's kill relative. you. It's, it's very relative. important to note that Marty never listens to the podcast. And it's also <laughs> it's also important to note that she's like younger than I am. So yeah. when I say by, she's an by old lady, a, it's a wide margin. I'm quite an old man. <laughs> and the the woman who's running the game, the game master, yes. which is D&D, so Dungeon Master, uh, she immediately said, yeah, two kids, no problem. In fact, uh, Carrie, didn't she tell you that she teaches people? To yes. She said that uh, two of the boys that she's been kind of mentoring to, to play yes. and to explain the game are now Dungeon Masters themselves. They're like mm-hmm. th- both 13. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah. So has, I'm interested to see how this goes. Has Scotty played uh, Dungeons & Dragons or anything? No like Dungeons & Dragons. We played a little bit of uh, a couple of small games that I've kickstarted, and he role-played a little bit. And, of course, we do buffer combat just for fun at home, and right. sometimes we have a little role-playing in that. But this is, this, this is, is like, for real, first real sit-down Dungeons sure. & Dragons-style game. This is Dakota's second. She yeah. she played in a playtest of my game, the yeah, Gun the Belt. Yeah, the Gun Belt, yeah. And, uh, I remember and you talking about it and saying one of the reasons why you thought the Gun Belt might work is is that she sat down and was able to intuitively grasp the concept. Yes. Very quickly. Yeah. Yes. So that's uh, that's pretty exciting. But this is her first Dungeons and Dragons. And oh. She she wore her adventuring gear today. She did. I don't know if you noticed. Oh, she's, she's in costume. She's yeah. in costume. Yeah. She. Uh, you know you're a real gamer if you wear costume tabletop. I yeah. Didn't, I didn't wear a costume. Today. No, I don't know. <laughs> Two years ago, for her birthday, she asked us to run her a LARP for her birthday. Yeah, that's right. That was a lot and, of fun. And so she's held on to this outfit for two years. Yeah. Just, just waiting, waiting for another reason. For, for D&D. And then when she heard that there, we, there was going to be D&D today, she was like, I'm wearing my outfit. We we really need to find a, a LARP for the kids to play in. I know. Because I know. Dakota would clearly have a great time. Oh, yeah, she and would. I know Scott would have a good time, too. Maybe okay. we just need to run one. And oh. we would all get more exercise. Yeah, know, yeah, that's true. My, but I will say this. My favorite thing about her outfit, though, is she's got this headband wrapped yes. around her head that makes her looks like look like Axl Rose. <laughs> that is the worst thing anybody's ever said about anybody else's I know, child. right? <laughs> it's because it's, it's one of those long headbands, so it goes around her head, it ties in a knot, and then dangles halfway down to her butt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Today is a little bit different of a show. 
subscribe. What? That's not going to be the normal sort of format or anything like that. Just because what we're going to do today is we're just going to sort of stop random people who are here for Free RPG Day. Yes. And we're going to bring them on the show and just talk to them about uh, why they game and what they game and, and sort of just get a pulse of uh, kind of the gaming community here. Okay, well, before we get started then, when last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were in a different location recording a podcast. Yes. So uh, today we are in the middle of a mall. There's lots of background music, and I am Ryan. I'm the curmudgeon. Joining me is Carrie. She is the legend. I am. And, of course, Jason. I'm the favorite, and I also just bought a new copy of Munchkin, which I've played a million times and never purchased. Really? Yes. That's funny. It's interesting... Uh, in particular, that you bought the classic original Munchkin, Munchkin and you yes. didn't buy one that was themed. No, no, uh, because if I'm going to teach them at a game, my son, mostly, I want to start from scratch. All right. Well, do we have some uh, housekeeping stuff? Yes, we do. Uh, first of all, don't forget you can find us on the web at honorrollpodcast.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you can get podcasts. You can join our conversation at facebook.com slash groups slash on a roll podcast. You can also contact us at host at on a roll podcast.com. That's plural, H-O-S-T-S. Yes, host. Please do so. Uh, we want episode ideas. We want arguments about why Ryan is wrong. We want reasons Always. why I'm the favorite. And if you have an old story about why Carrie's a legend, we'll probably <laughs> say it on air, especially oh, no. if it's something terrible. No! Right. And finally, do not forget, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Please come there, contribute to the podcast, keep it going. If you love it, contribute a lot. And the, yes. cool thing, the cool thing about contributing on Patreon is that if you contribute there to a level that gives you the grace to have it, <laughs> you get a shout-out. That's right. Let's do that. Yeah, Carrie? All right. Well, uh, we have uh, two patrons that are at our wizard level, and that is Cameron Pruitt, who uh, I don't think we're going to actually be able to get to his uh, character roast today since we're doing the... But we'll do that next week. Yes, then we have Lost Colonies, a buffer larp in the Washington area. They are going to be exploring colonization in a fantasy world. Very cool. Yes. They sound, they, they're... Uh, and the guy that runs it is very cool. Yes. We talk to him all the time now. If you want to shout out, what do you do, Ryan? Well, you have to go to patreon.com slash podcast and give uh, a small amount of money to help us keep this show on the air. Right. And that's all you've got to do. I'd also like to really encourage people to, to go on iTunes and rate us. We would love to get five-star ratings. Uh, that helps us have greater reach. And beyond that, now let's go to combat rounds. Welcome to Combat Rounds. Uh, let's go ahead and I figure since since we're going to talk to people about what their first game was and why they game, uh, we already know what our first games w- were. You can you can hear more about that on our very first episode. What was it called? Firsts. Oh, okay. I always forget. <laughs> but let's talk about why we game uh, because if we're going to ask strangers that, we ought to be able to ask ourselves that. So tell me, Carrie, you're the legend. It means you've been playing super, super long. I have. Um, why don't you tell us, why do you, why do you role play? How, why did you get into to playing role playing games? I started role-playing because, well, one, I love fantasy. Right. Right. And so it was a way for me to um, engage in that in a different way other than just reading a book or watching a movie. Sure. Um, I love the idea of 
saving the princess and slaying the dragon. Right. And, uh, you know, you don't get, there's not enough of that in the world. No, no. In the real world, it's really hard to save the day. Yeah, it is. And and I think that uh, games like that make us better people. I'd never thought about that, but your games are designed so that you get to make good choices. Yeah. Whenever you run a game, bad things may happen to your character. You may sort of, you may suffer consequences, but there's good to be had. Yes. Yeah. And I and I and I like to create that. And I, whether I'm playing or or uh, the dungeon master, right? You know, I, I like to encourage that because I think it may, like I said, I think it makes the world a better place. Absolutely. Now, Jason, you got into role-playing games because you have no friends and are socially awkward, right? I was going to say some sort of deep, <laughs> crippling addiction because that's how I feel about it. I, no, so why did, why did you get into role-playing games, Jason? Uh, it's hard to explain. I really love the act of role-playing, and that's why whenever I write a plot, I try to incorporate either me getting to play a role or a situation with some players get to, to role-play. I, I like people to feel emotions and get to feel... Like they're doing stuff. It's Giving hard to them a moment. Giving them a moment. Yeah. I love moments. I want to role-play moments. I don't want to create scenes that give people moments. And why I do that, uh, I guess probably like Carrie, there's not enough excitement in the day-to-day life that I live. So I want to create excitement. You're a carpenter in the heart of a nuclear power plant. Excitement <laughs> is bad that? at work. <laughs> it's like there's no moment in which excitement is good. <laughs> Except fair. one day in which they gave us all steaks. And I'll, I'll never forget that day. It was the closest to good excitement we'll ever have. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ryan? Well, uh, you know, the truth is I got into role-playing as a kid way before I was role playing way before I had dice oh yeah absolutely you know I think most of us kind of were were play actors when we were kids yes and uh, and I did that you know where we would pretend to be Star Wars characters or we would pretend to be uh, you know I, I mean I remember pretending to be Ponch and John you know, from chips <laughs> on our on our bicycles, kids on bikes running around the neighborhood. You know, uh, and and I never really grew out of that, and and that sort of led into my first role playing game. He still know, tries lunch, to be Punch at lunch at school, right? My, you know, I played uh, Punch in Marvel superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but the truth is, like, I just I kind of never stopped. It was. Uh, tabletop role-playing games was kind of just a natural extension of what I enjoyed doing. Playing pretend. Playing pretend. Really, and, a lot of us just never grew out of playing pretend. Yeah. We just got more better at it. More betterer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were, we were more betterer. Yeah. Betterer. So that's kind of why we got into role-playing games. So uh, we're going to talk to some folks around Let's here. grab a stranger. What's your name? Uh, my name is Ian Mills. Um, local here to the Cleveland area. We run Adventure League at a Dice Head, and I've I started playing D and D way back in the in the dark ages of Third Edition. The dark um, ages of Third Edition. The Aww, dark ages of Third Edition. Yeah, I like um, it when people are like, a long time ago when 3.0 came out. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, it's like I played back in the dark ages of of, th- of Third Edition 3.5. Um, I've currently got some friends that are running a second edition Ravenloft campaign. You gotta do it, man. That I'm playing a paladin in because how much more masochistic can you get than to be like, I'm gonna go to Ravenloft and play a good guy. Yeah, right. (laughs) But the whole fun of it comes from the story that you're building, not only with your character, but with everybody else at the table. Right, right. And 
that's that's one of the things I love about D&D is you can build such a cooperative story, uh, especially as being a DM, you can have everything lined up. They're going to go here, they're going to do this, and then all of a sudden they take a sharp right turn, and all of a sudden you are scrambling, pulling everything you can out of thin air to be like, no, I planned every bit of this, I <laughs> right. swear. <laughs> so was is Dungeons and Dragons the only tabletop RPG you play currently? Uh, currently, yes. I've played I've played Dungeons and Dragons. I've done a lot of the a lot of the White Wolf, um, Masquerade, World of Darkness stuff. I've done Pathfinder. Right, so it's fun. Um, the it Dark was, Ages of three five. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was, was three point seven five when yeah. Pathfinder was released. So much math. Right. So how did you get into Dungeons and Dragons? I mean, was Dungeons and Dragons your first game? Let's start there. Um, it was Dungeons and Dragons was actually one of my one of my first ever RPG like tabletop RPGs. But <laughs> so so how did you discover Dungeons and Dragons by accident? <laughs> I, I grew up in, you know, basically my, my teen years was back in the 90s, the early 2000s, right. where, like, you know, being a nerd wasn't the cool thing at the time. Right. So it's like, oh, you stay at home and play video games. That's just weird. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, you read books like like Tolkien? Who's that guy? Right. But, you know, but kinda, Tolkien kind of leads into Dungeons and Dragons really pretty does. He, he's, he, that's way more a gateway drug than yeah. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> I know. I, can't read Tolkien books; they're just too dry. But I can play Magic all day. So, how did that get you to D and D? Because I was actually with a friend of mine one day, and we were talking about reading, you know, fantasy novels and things like that. And he was like, "Have you ever heard of this book called Dragonlance?" <laughs> oh, yeah. Then you're done. Yeah. It's an awesome series. And I was like, "No, I've never heard of that." And he like shows me one of the novels, and I kind of flip through it. I'm kind of reading a few chapters. I'm like, "This is really cool." And he goes, did you know they make a game based off of it? And I went, they do what? <laughs> then you're done. You're done. Yeah. It's like, cool. What systems it's on? No, it's not on a system. And he hands me another book. Yeah. Yeah. This hardback book. And I'm just like flipping through it. And I'm like, what are these pictures? Are, I can play. I can play something called a kinder. <laughs> So this wasn't a 3.0 book then, was it? It, well, it technically wasn't. Um, no. Dragonlance, Dragonlance was, was part of... Three, advanced. It was yeah. part of Advanced. Right. So I was like, kind of looking at that and everything. He's like, yeah. And then we've got all this and like starts handing me like the, three point, the 3.0 books. And like I, I get a look at the Epic Level Handbook. Which is cool. So what's, what's your favorite race to play? Kander. Uh, <laughs> if, if I had to, yeah. yeah. But... I, I love them all. I really do. Um, then do you have a favorite class? My my first ever character was a bard. Yay! Special place then for him? There, it is, it is. And it I, doesn't matter what character I play. I always, I always have the puns from, from that bard class still just kind of like... <laughs> leak out just a little bit. I'm playing a cleric and I'm like mm, cracking jokes. So we uh, <laughs> we always like to ask ourselves, what's your one time at game story? So like, you know, this one time I was a game and this awesome thing happened. Or this horrific thing. Or this horrific oh. thing happened. What's your story? It would have to be my, my, my best one as a player would have to be when I was, I was making my first character. I had my bard and the DM had let me do this really, really crazy thing. I had a, he'd given me a red dragon bone guitar that I could use as an instrument. <laughs> Once per day, I could use it as a flamethrower. <laughs> That's awesome. To deal very mad. That's three, not where I was expecting that to go, but okay. To deal three d six points of damage to the enemy in a cone in front of me. All right. Yeah. 
and 1d6 points of damage to me because I have the flame of a dragon coming off my shoulder. Right. right. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So in this realm, we're fighting orcs that he's made. And I run up and I think, this will help. So I spin my guitar around and I deal a whopping three points of fire damage. Oh. Yeah. Right. So I take off, I roll an acrobatics check as I'm diving across this barrier the explosion lighting my feet on fire, my cloak, I am literally on fire rolling on the ground. The cleric comes over, is rolling, you know, uh, heel checks, trying to put me out. Does not work. The fire elf that we had in the party walks over, rolls a heel check for a nat 20. Oh. <laughs> I am at, like, negative 2 HP as I'm being stamped out by an elf. <laughs> one of my... One of my friends from, from high school was like, that is the most craziest, the stupidest, awesomest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> my only response was, ow. <laughs> you know, all the best what happened in game stories this time is something that you did that did not turn out well. That always backfires. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And which, is, which is why I think more people need to appreciate not being successful. Like, right. exactly. great stuff happens then. Oh, yeah. It's 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 when you have that, that beautiful plan that backfires and it fails so beautifully. But you right. pull it out. Exactly. But you, right, you pull it out. Yeah, yeah. I made it. I made it. That's and, awesome. And that's, that goes not only on the players but on the DMs as well because as a DM, you've got to take that that failure and be like you failed but you failed beautifully mm-hmm. right. so as a as a GM what do you find is a good story that you have for that or what's a good thing that you do to make the game better that that's a tough one honestly um is that because all of the games you run suck? Or? <laughs> yeah, because he's so no, he's no, a natural, no. and everything he touches turns. No, like yeah. like if I if I want a personal touch, you know, as, as a as a DM as a GM, it doesn't matter what you do. Every every game you run, you think sucks. It can <laughs> it can be beautiful, it can be wonderful, and the players can have a great time. And you're like, I can think of 27 things in the last two minutes that I could have done better. Right? Yeah, right? that's true. You never really, as a DM, you never really know. If the game you ran was good or not until the next morning, yeah, are they talking about it or not? And if they're talking about it, it's what probably are they good. saying? Yeah, my, all of my great stories are never of these massive successes I've had. They're always of these miserable circumstances where I've tried so hard, and no matter what I do, everything goes wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's the near misses. Exactly. You know Winning sounds fun, but in a role-playing game, it's almost always more fun to lose in a fun way. It's yeah. more. A creative failure, way better, and more character-defining. Yeah. It, it really is. It's one of those things that can actually, you know, define a whole party where, like, you know, your, your level 12 character died, but the party has to continue on, and you have to make a new character now. Right. And, you know, it's wonderful when, you, when you've got a group that's been together so long that they take that defeat with them. And they remember that character. It's a, it's yeah. history. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And it creates, like, some people will, will actually, like, I've got some great players at my table that will take things like that, you know, take things that, you know, have started out at level two where they had this traumatic experience as a level two character, and then at level seven, they're still dealing with that trauma. And it's, it's such beautiful character development when you actually get into the actual role play versus the actual dice play. Right. Yeah. You yeah, know, absolutely. I had, I kind of secretly have this belief that people who are mechanics driven have the that they they think that the part they enjoy is rolling dice 
Uh, and the only reason they really feel that way is because they've never actually had a character moment. I really do think that that the they they close themselves off to it, and so they don't because they think they don't want them, and so they don't allow them to happen. And one day, something gets through that barrier, you know, and they have it, and they go, huh. And then the next character lets a little more in, right. and suddenly they're story-driven. You yeah. know what? We've seen that in our own uh, games. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All the time. Yep. So. Somebody finally has a moment, and it can be a real defeat or just an emotional resonance with somebody, and they're like, wait, this is way better. Wait, right. I actually felt something. Yeah, and I enjoy yeah. that. Nothing wrong with rolling dice. That's fun too. <laughs> yeah, but oh, yeah. those moments—that's what I keep playing for. Yeah, those 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 moments in the story where like you you get into a situation that you you don't know how to handle. Yeah, but, and you handle it the best you can, and maybe it doesn't turn out the way you expected. Right. But it creates an entirely new dynamic for you if you let it happen. So what's, what's your name? Uh, James Painter. Or everyone just calls me Painter. No one's ever called me by my first name back there. <laughs> Literally zero people. So what do you play? Uh, I've, I've played D&D before, but usually I ruin everyone's campaigns because my characters are too overpowered. <laughs> but, so you, you, you're like a... You, you tend to min-max and things like that? or it, what? Sometimes. I, a lot of times I can't turn it off. Okay. Like, I, it just doesn't pass away. Also, I'm insanely lucky. It makes, like, it's, uh, like, okay. insanity. Yeah. It, I am insanely lucky. It, like, my entire life, but in video games or in, like, tabletop, anything that involves randomness, you can't, I can't get near it. I'm going to win. So, <laughs> so why do you roleplay? Uh, I, it's fun. I don't know. Okay. D&D's hilarious, especially with the faces that people make whenever they're like, wait, your character does what? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 whatever you say, you said it's dead. Like, that thing is dead. I don't care. <laughs> what was, what was the first game you ever played? Like tabletop or yeah. a video game or the first tabletop Whatever. game? Uh, it was definitely Warhammer Fantasy. That game was so good. I, I, that was one of the things that got stolen, man. <laughs> that, everyone, somebody stole a bunch of my stuff. Warhammer Fantasy was one of them, and it's everything. amazing. Everything, man. Everyone, everyone got stolen from Warhammer Fantasy. That game was so good. Yeah. <laughs> I played uh, ogres, which are basically it's the whole army's just big ogres, and you just man, they were so busted. They were not fair. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> And I'm sitting there like, man, it's my skill that's winning. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> it's not this poorly designed game. <laughs> hey. Now that army's just broke. Basically, yeah. that army was like, I win unless you can cast a spell that insta-kills my guys. Right. Right. I mean, granted, you cast that spell, I mean, oh, this game sucks. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we'll go on to the next one. So why, how, did you get, how did you get into that? Uh, I watched my cousin play Lizardmen, which is another broke army. And I was like, man, that looks pretty cool. And then his models look really sick because he paints even better than me. I don't know if he still paints as good, but back then he did. Sure. And I was like, whoa, dude, I want to play this army, but lizards suck. Uh, and, and he's like, well, you know, what are you going to play? And I saw ogres. I'm like, what do you mean I only have to paint like 20 dudes and I'm yeah. done? Easy. <laughs> so ogres take less less figures to play? Oh, they take less figures. They take less skill. They take less money. It's Warhammer less. Let me tell you. It's That's easy. the reason why I started playing. When I played Warhammer Fantasy Battles, I played uh, Chaos. Because I had to buy half the uh, miniatures of anybody else. Easy half. Because, like, yeah, Warriors of Chaos, you had, like, ten dudes, and they were just all busted. But you had, like, ten guys, and you're done, dude. Yeah. There was one guy that could literally just be your entire army. So do you you play Dungeons & Dragons? Yeah, I I play Dungeons & Dragons whenever I can, like, have a group or anything like that. But, you know, uh, sometimes... You know, people that I don't like that much when they play Dungeons and Dragons, I'll just build a really OP character to ruin their campaign on purpose. Oh. Like I said, I'm a bad person. I'm a bad person. Yeah. Uh, me and my friend, uh, me and my friend, 
uh, we had this idea of two brothers. And in 5th edition, fighter is not balanced. Right. Fighter is OP. And there's a subclass called Brute. It's even dumber. And human's the best race. Uh, and so we would be human fighter brutes uh, with halberds. And pretty much you could just... I don't know, you could kill everything at level 1. Like, most stuff in the game have, like, 20-ish HP at level 1. That's, right. like, big talk. We can do 40 damage in one turn. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, and so we would both be brothers, which literally identical character sheets that are min-maxed to be that. And we couldn't do anything outside of combat. We'd just kill all the enemies and make all the party members do everything outside of combat, because if you just didn't, we'd just kill you. We have a whole a whole series of episodes about why you're the kind of player everyone hates. Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was oh, gonna, yeah. That, that series is the entire series. No. Oh, yeah. No, like, I can definitely be an example of that player, but I only do that to people I don't really like that much. Sure. Like, um, if, if I actually like them, I'll try to build a fun character, but it just accidentally min-maxes, and also my actual luck just gets into play. It's right. really dumb. So what's been your favorite character? And this is so funny, because he would just kick down doors, tell me your secrets, Heretic, bang! And he's like, well, how can you tell me secrets? It's like, nah, it's good, guys. It's all yeah. good. And then we swap bodies, and then he got killed. And I was like, you're a scrub, dude. You just got to roll better. It's easy. <laughs> What's your name? Benito. Tell me, Benito, why do you roleplay? Actually, it's because I just got back from traveling around a bit, and my wife met someone who we used to know, and he roleplayed. He plays Dungeons & Dragons, and he invited us over for a game. And I've just enjoyed playing since I started with it. Was that your first role-playing game? Uh, yeah. Other than that, the only thing I've ever played was Magic. So, But this has been the first one I've played for it. Magic was my gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't is it kind of everyone's gateway drug? <laughs> it, it's pretty popular, yeah. Because you can, you can convince just about anybody to play Magic. And then after that, you're like, hey, you like Magic? Try Munchkin. And then every day you're like, kind of like that. How about some D&D? &D? Actually, I do play Munchkin as well, too. Yeah. See? I just remember that. Yeah. yeah. Munchkin's a lot of fun, is it? Mm -hmm. So what do you play in Dungeons & Dragons? Uh, I have two campaigns I'm a part of. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one is I'm a rogue monk. And the next one is I'm a divination wizard. Okay. Oh, that's Is fun. a rogue monk a monk that's gone bad? <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell uh, us about your first character, the Rugmont. What's he like? He's a dragonborn, uh, blue dragonborn. He's about six foot, just over six foot. Right. Overall, he just kind of really does what he wants. If he sees some things he likes, then he's going to take some time and care plan it out. Something we did just a little bit ago. Worked with another guy scoped out a uh, nice little magic shop we had found and stole all of their items. Wow. Oh, no. So, yeah. But overall, he's not a bad person. As long as you don't do anything to get on his bad side and you can prove you're good, then he'll work with you. He can be friends with you. Uh, my other character, he's a little newer. I haven't been playing him for as long. He's uh, my, or my wizard. This guy is actually, he's my first character I've put in a lot of more effort into and creating a backstory for so he was, like, just a little street urchin, basically. But when he stole a ring one time, he got caught. The guy who made it, though, was just so impressed at how he was able to actually take out the gem without breaking or damaging the ring that he ended up getting taken in and basically got an apprenticeship. Oh, that's fun. That's a cool story. So I like that. he's a jeweler, and that's something I look to go through with it as I'm playing is take and make jewelry, kind of refine little things that we find throughout and make them better. I like that. So just 
basically one day found that he seemed to have an aptitude for magic. So Magic the Gathering exists in your D&D campaign? No. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other, all the other magic. Actually. That's... Oh, no. <laughs> in our first campaign, it's a 100% homebrew pretty much everything. Right. And so our DM has informed us that there are the different planes that are... Uh, some of the planes that are in Magic the Gathering either. I think you said Innistrad is one... Um, Zendikar is possible another one that we could go to at some point. You know, if you if you actually go online, there are, uh, you know, because Wizards of the Coast owns yeah. both Dungeons right. and Dragons and Magic the Gathering, and so they print uh, source books for each of their planes, and so you can actually download the PDFs to actually get stats for Innistrad and, and Zendikar. And That's great. So what's your favorite, what's your favorite? monster yeah. in Dungeons and Dragons? Favorite monster, though. I'll admit, I'm kind of partial to kobolds. Yeah. They're so ridiculous. Uh-huh. <laughs> in the old, in the old Fiend Folio, their god was in there, Turtle Mac. Yeah, and he was the only god that basically, you could, level 15 and 20 characters could easily defeat him, even though he was the god of all kobolds. Yeah, poor kobolds. Are these little creatures that like can create the gods? No, 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 no. no I don't know. Well, I mean, hey, unless something changes. Yeah, I may have changed. I remember there's something in the monster room. There's like these little creatures that if basically they get enough of them together to believe in a single purpose, they actually create a god. Oh, that's really cool. For, like, I want to read their that. Own, yeah, it's, It sounds like you're describing cosplayers. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever read about cranium rats? Do you remember those? No. They're they're like, uh, it's a, it's an old D&D monster. And it sounds terrible. They, yeah, it does. <laughs> they don't actually get in your cranium. That's a world of darkness monster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what they do is, is that the larger the group of them there are, the smarter they get. And after you get about 15 or 20 of them, they're as smart as a person. But then they start planning on how to make themselves even smarter. So you wind up with these gigantic hives of them in a house uh. <laughs> that are way smarter than anybody that comes in there. And as their intelligence breaks 18, they can cast wizard spells. That's, oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's a cool monster because like it can scale to your party size. Yeah. 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 So it starts out a level one guy can fight, you know, half a dozen of them, no problem. They're just rats. They're just clever rats. But once you get a house full of them, you could have a epic level party have a hard time fighting them. (laughs) Tell us like a favorite moment you've had playing Dungeons and Dragons. Our party was fighting Shambling Mounds. And it was odd being a road that was actually using hand axes as opposed to daggers. But they were just a little bit stronger, so I preferred those. Um, I got the killing blow with it. And it was just pretty much the way the DM described ended up what happening with it, where it was pretty much just ended up twirling the hand axis to form saw blades. The blue lightning from my draconic body pretty much just kind of going with it and just carved through the shambling mound, ended up carving the first letter of my name into it. <laughs> so you Zoroed it? Pretty much. That's you know, great. It was awesome. I love it when a DM or a storyteller makes those scenes just combat where you just rolling dice seem epic mm-hmm. you know when, it, when you really feel that moment like this could be in a movie or a book that's that's what it's all about right yeah oh, that's great have you ever have you ran anything yet have you DM'd kind of my little sister I have no idea how old she is oh no <laughs> she can drive I know that <laughs> so she's um, at least 12 at least 12, yeah. <laughs> so, but no, she hasn't been able to come into any kind of game here or anything, so I did just like a little small thing with her and my wife, kind of giving her an idea of what D&D is. Right. It's yeah. a lot of work to putting in and creating a story for it's it. It's a different fun. Right? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's nothing like people going through a story that you created and and, and loving it and loving it, they, you know, and finding like new takes on it that you didn't even think of. Mm-hmm. Of course, the downside is though, there's also nothing like a group of friends going through a story you ran and hating it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only solution to that though is never talk to them again. <laughs> Leave Just stop town. Being friends with them. Chad. Chad. <laughs> Chad Taylor. But what brings you to free game day at Dice well, Games today? I'm a slave. A slave to the hobby. Slave to the hobby? Yeah. So you slave are the, the store manager? Yep. Yeah, store manager at Dice Head Games. I've been there. I've been helping out around the place for about five or six years now. In there full time, about three years or so now. Might be going on four. I don't remember anymore. Right. So what, what brought you to Dice Head? Was it the comics or the the Warhammer uh, was, or the role playing games? Yeah. It was definitely the models. The miniature wargaming. Yeah. It was uh, just kind of being a nerd and being like, oh, that's really cool. It's toy soldiers. What's going on over here? So, Heck yeah. That's what that was me. one of my ends into role playing. Yeah. I started playing Magic, and then you had to go to a store to get more Magic cards. Yeah. And then you're like, what's this Warhammer thing? This looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. That, that's what, that, ultimately, that's what drove me in. I was already into, you know, I grew up with the, the amazing Spider-Man cartoons, X-Men, all that stuff. And yeah. So yeah. I, I knew what was going on, but, you know, when I walked in, that's what, that's what pulled me in, sucked me in. And now, now I got, now I'm addicted to it and stuck with it. Absolutely, that's awesome. So, do you do you play any aside from the miniatures? Do you play any any tabletop role playing games? Do you do Dungeons and Dragons? Or? Not as much as my better half does. That's okay. more her thing. It's not that I don't like it. It's just I. It's really I don't have much time to, to stop and sit down at a table. Sure. And you're surrounded <laughs> by it at work. I I'm am. sure there are times I when am. you're like, dude, just back off. It's that whole. It's I tell people it's that whole uh, plumbers have leaky pipes thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. When you go home, you're like, I don't want to work my own stuff. Maybe you're around it all day. So. None of my doors closed properly. Because <laughs> you're a <laughs> Yeah. It makes, I feel particularly bad for gynecologists. Oh. <laughs> Honey, if I have to look at one more of those things. We, we have to cut that in post. <laughs> Do we? Do we? We Do have lived we? in a lot of Ryan's jokes like that. It's true. Uh, what is it that you like about about gaming? I guess it's the investment. The, the multi. Like you the spend multi. all this money. It's too well, not financially, <laughs> not financially, but just mentally. Like okay. when I find myself getting into something. You know, at the surface, I'm like, that looks cool. But then, like when I when I really get past the surface and really see something. I'm always I'm looking to see what what's really going on, like the background, the lore, where it comes from. I really enjoy like deep down the deep cut of what's really happening, and uh, it doesn't really matter the franchise. Like if I find something that kind of simulates that there's way more behind the curtain, that I tend I don't know I tend I tend to go down that path with it. You know, as a kid, it was like. Obviously, it's like video games, right? When I was a little kid, I was like, oh, check out, you know, I got some DuckTales on Nintendo, right? Like, that's right. one of the first games <laughs> I remember, right? But it was a good game. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I have, you, go, you go from that, and at first being like, oh, this is cool. And then you just start seeing franchises and brands and stuff and, and being thrown at you when you're young. And then as you get older, when, it, when you see stuff is developed, I guess that's, that's what really has kind of held me into it, you know? Your store, when I look at your role-playing game selection... Right, you have a big selection, a big selection of Fifth Ed Dungeons and Dragons. Right, uh, and you've got there's quite a few fantasy flight games, and, you know, Star Wars, uh, and then there's um, plenty of Pathfinder and Starfinder. Right, right. What do, you, what do tabletop role playing games do for your business? Like, what is, what is great about having those things in your store? Well, you can't you can't go wrong with D and D. Right, I mean it's it's the old old but good. Right, it's it's the one that survives the test. No matter 
what's hot, D&D always will, will stay around. Um, even when Pathfinder took the reins for a while, um, you know, D&D came back with a vengeance and, and took it back. So, you know, at, at the core, that's kind of you know, the obvious. You know, that's the one you're going to the books a million to find, right? Barnes & Noble, you're going right. to find it. You're going to find Pathfinder too, but you're always going to find that, the core. Almost so, everyone at least knows what Dungeons right. & Dragons yeah, is. Yeah, I can, I, can I can put a D&D t-shirt on and probably walk into... You know, Hickson's and somebody there's going to know what hey, the shirt is. Hey, that's one right? of them role-playing right? games. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's multi-generational. You know, our parents knew. You know, everybody kind of knows what it is. So kind of can't go wrong there. Outside of that, really, you know, besides again, Pathfinder was kind of like the redheaded stepchild. It kind of it was the new kid on the block when it hit, but it, it did what people missed at the time, right? It was what people wanted back when things had kind of went a different direction. So it's kind of. It'll kind of always be around, too, I'd say, just because it has a bit of a... I'd say it's a bit of a nostalgia now. Um, and I think they've really hit on something strong with the Starfinder. Yeah, they have. They, it, I mean, even you can just tell just looking at the print runs, you know, just it sells. They don't have a problem selling it. It sells. Um, outside of that, you know, obviously, Star Wars in itself is a huge... I mean, it's a huge franchise. Like, you put Star Wars on, you know, a bag of coffee, it's going to sell. Like, I've, oh, I've bought that. Yeah. I've yeah. bought Star Wars coffee. <laughs> I, I don't uh, doubt it. I don't doubt it. I literally have... Packaged episode two, um, Attack of the Clones cereal, unopened, <laughs> still you know, unopened, just sitting there in my collection, you know, at home. So you put that label on, it's going to sell. So those are you know kind of the core, like things that people recognize or know what they're getting into. You know, do you have any like small indie games that is your like in your heart your favorite? Oh, Ninja Turtles and other strangeness. Right. Like, yeah. you have, yeah. like you have one copy in there of, of Savage Worlds. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's there's someone who's yeah. bought a Savage well, Worlds book. There is. There is. It, it's, it's actually pretty cool because every now and then we'll have something come in, even if it's by mistake and they send it to us, right? I'll be like, all right, I'm going to see who actually picks this up. Yeah. And that's like my thing. I'm always like, oh, they're going to buy that. This is cool. Like, that's like, oh, that's a highlight for me. I get a little excited when I see them pick up like a deep cut, you know, something that, that's not a mainstream title, right? I don't really get to play those titles. I mean, I would think one of the challenges for you as, as a gamer is that the night that everybody is playing is the night you're working here running yeah. Magic the <laughs> Gathering, right? Yeah. Because Friday and, Friday and Saturday night's huge at gaming stores. It is. Yeah, it is. Again, it's the... I love it. I mean, I'm around it all the time. But there's some nights where I'm like, I just want to play. Right? <laughs> I just want to sit down and play there, buddy. You can always tell which game stores are going to make it, because if the owner is playing, it's not going to do any good. Because <laughs> yeah. he needs to be behind the register selling. <laughs> there, there's kind of a... Uh, there's a thing, too, where um, if you... Uh, if you if it's dead, right, and there's no, no one in the store, you're like, okay... Nice and peaceful. I can work on my own stuff. Right. You go, you know what? Let me have somebody come over. As soon as you sit down and start rolling dice, your store will fill up immediately. Right. <laughs> like, it's just part of it. So that's so if you do see me or Shane or somebody playing in the store, it's because we're... Because it's a slow day. It, it's slow, but we're it won't be trying to long. jinx it. Yeah. It's, you know, the same thing is true. They talk about uh, popcorn stands that the, uh, like, at, at Disney parks and things like that, they, they'll tell you that they actually throw a lot of popcorn away right. so that they can sell way more popcorn because what sells popcorn is making it. People hear it, they hear it popping, and then they smell it as they walk by. Right. And then you sell twice as much. So oh, yeah. you're saying when you smell games. When you, you know, when there's you, something to that. When if you I hear the dice rolling game, and yeah. you smell the gamers, right? that's how, that's... Several years ago, I got into Hackmaster really big, and it was entirely because when I went to the game store, there were people playing it. Right. And... If there's somebody playing a game, I'm more interested in it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just part of it, too. It's that exposure. You know, that's, 
that's something that we actually battle um, on the other side of that that we battle with I love Amazon, I love eBay, especially hard to find items or stuff that's out of print. The problem that you come down, it comes down to is that you have stores like ours, granted, like I was talking about earlier, it's a little oversaturated now, there's a lot. You have a lot of stores in the area. Right, but that's great for the community, right? It's exposure for long term, it's great. If you don't have the book, then one of the other stores might. They might, and I do try to send people to other stores for that reason, I'll, I'll try to call up. But what happens is a lot of people go, okay, I'll get on Amazon, and I understand completely. And what happens is it cheapens the product because they're getting it a lot of times below retail cost. So what it costs me, they're getting it at an even cheaper price on there sometimes. Right, because they're buying a billion copies because yeah. they're Amazon. And, the, and so what happens is it takes the game off the shelf so people don't see it. It takes it out of the store because they're not going to play it because they're at home, which is fine, right? But it, 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 it's a short-term. Short-term, it sells great and it works for them. Long term, it cheapens the product and it takes the exposure away, and then they can't. Right, nobody's still buying into it. It right? doesn't support community building. Right, right. So then it's gone. Even if it doesn't go into our register at the end of the day, it doesn't help the community because they don't seem to be playing the game. So they're not really. They're like, well, I don't know if anyone's playing this. What do I do? Um, and and because of all that, right now, some of the big name companies. I'm not going to list their names right now, but some of the big time game makers are in lawsuits with Amazon. Um, if I'm not mistaken, to try to rein that in. Right. Um, well, you know, I think Wizards of the Coast is doing something really cool to combat that, where they're doing the special local game store covers right. for Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, those books. are so beautiful. They're we were just looking covers. at them in there, and it was I was blown away. Yeah, and so you really can cool. get the book for. I mean, you could go in, on Amazon and pay ten bucks less for the book. Well, but not if you, ten bucks. If you well, <laughs> I mean, sometimes, yeah. sometimes, sometimes you can get pretty good. Yeah, but the but the fact is, you're not going to get that awesome cover. Right. Yep. And if you're not supporting your local gaming store, then, you know, your community of gamers will have nowhere to go. Right. Yeah. Hey, you know what? There's nothing like playing in a store either. Right, right. i tell you something I, I always loved about going to game stores is you get to experience a new game a lot of times without purchasing it first. Right. Because somebody's running it. And also you get to learn it from somebody who already knows it. Yeah. Right, right. And you make friends. And you yeah. make friends. I mean, that. I pay five and ten bucks more for books all the time because I'd rather get it at, at a my store. local game right, store. Yeah. My last question for you is, tell me the most interesting, bizarre, or unexpected clientele to buy a copy of Dungeons & Dragons from you. Or, or a game book like that. Like, like, what? That guy? What? There's a lot, to be honest. I could, I could go. But I'll, I would say probably what catches most people off guard, if they were to know are the amount of doctors that we have come in. Really? Um, it's kind of like conventions and motorcycle, guys on motorcycles. You wouldn't realize how many are actual, like, have doctorates or, you know, what their actual professions are. Right. Um, we have some guys who come in that you just, they come in either once a year and just, we have stuff just built up waiting for them, or they come in on a regular basis. Uh, even pull, I even got pool folders for a couple. And they'll come in, get their stuff, and head on out. And you would have no idea... That that's what they're into. That they're into D and D, or that they're into like Star Wars or whatever else. You just wouldn't have any idea. And I think that catch most people off guard. So it's that's like that whole wonderful. that whole weekend writer kind of thing. Very cool. Well, I, we really appreciate you letting us come out here and, yeah. and hang out with you for for a few hours. And it's been cool to see everybody playing. I also want to take just a second to to give a huge shout out and say thanks to Shane, the owner of Dice Head, for letting us come out today and and do this. We really appreciate it. My name is Stacy Mills. 
and I'm a local here in Cleveland. Stacy, I couldn't help but notice that your last name was the same as Ian's. Yep, he's my husband. Oh, yeah. So, we, he, Ian was pretty cool. He said you're the better storyteller. Um, I'm more consistent in my storytelling. He, he, can't, uh, he can't be consistent in anything. I love oh, that. No. We'll, we'll take that out in post, yeah. right? <laughs> we just saved a marriage. No, we're honest about it. Yeah. So That's we're awesome. Cool. So tell us, how did you get into gaming? Uh, my husband. My husband got into D- the D&D part of gaming. I've been into video games and RPGs since I was five years old when I started playing video games. Atari, wow. still got the original Atari. I still keep it in function. What was your first game? Uh, Asteroids. <laughs> okay. Oh. What's your first role-playing game? No, but I want to talk yeah. about Asteroids. Asteroids is good, too. Asteroids <laughs> Asteroids wait, wait, I do an Asteroids impression. <laughs> you got it. It's perfect. It's perfect. Uh, actually, the first game I played in was Vampires. Uh, Vampire the, the Masquerade? Yep. Okay. Uh, What'd you play? Do you remember? Uh, a vampire. <laughs> you, don't, you don't remember That's the That's a legitimate no. answer. Okay. My second attempt was werewolves, because I love werewolves. I love wolves in general. It took me a little while to get into it. My third and final attempt was D&D, because I always wanted to try it in high school, but I was always afraid to. Awesome. Do you and, remember what your first D&D character was? Oh, yeah. I still do. I still have it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's managed to survive. I've managed to not kill her. Uh, she was a tiefling druid, just because I like the contradiction of the nature. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Um, and so I still play with it. How many editions have you had to update her sheet for? Um, <laughs> well, actually, I started in 5.8, but oh, I've really? actually recreated the character going back through the editions. So oh, you're, that's fine. So you're actually a pretty new game. Yeah, I started off in the newer stuff. I've only been playing for a couple of years, but once I start in something, I can become obsessed with it. And right. you're and you're DMing now. Yeah. So because now you were so for folks who are listening, we had mentioned earlier that that our kids Scott and and Dakota were playing in a Dungeons and Dragons game, and you you ran it, right? Yep. So uh, first, I teach kids a lot mostly. Let I, me just say uh, thank you because that is, I think, both of their first D and D game. Yep. I love so, teaching. Yeah. I love teaching kids. I love teaching new people. It's actually better than teaching seasoned players, because <laughs> you get this joy and excitement in their face. That in the newer players are just more interested in, or in the older players, they're more interested in just trying to max it out and, yeah. and beat everything. They they forget what it's like to just have fun with it. Right. Well, I think uh, new players, uh, because they don't understand the mechanics, they have to do the part they can understand, which is people. Right, yeah. because we all sort of intuitively understand how relationships work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I go to cons, it's usually why I sign up for the intro tables. Right. because I, I love that experience and drawing in these people that are used to going and watching just anime and stuff like that. Hey, come in here. You like acting and goofing off? You will love this game. That's yeah, great. absolutely. We need more. The world needs more DMs who appreciate intro games. I've actually got a group that I started doing online that is from all over the country that I put together at MomoCon just this past uh, month. That uh, we're doing it just once a month because we all have such different schedules yes, and sure. different lives. Absolutely. But they wanted, and we call it Voltron for, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the 80s people. Um, but yeah, we're just putting it together once a month just so we can, they love me as a DM. That's And awesome. they wanted me to continue to teach them. Very cool. And are you are you doing it through Roll20? Yes, Roll20 and Discord. Uh, I don't like the voice uh, and video effects on Roll20. It doesn't work as well as I like it, so I use uh, Discord. 
to do the voice and the audio. I like it a little better. So earlier we were talking about how that you worked at Momopon a lot running games. Yeah. Tell us about that experience some. Um, I, I get, you know, the tickets free and stuff like that, uh, but it feels like I go there and do nothing but DM, but I, <laughs> I wouldn't change it for anything. Uh, except for maybe getting an extra day out of MomoCon. <laughs> extra day uh, yeah. just to play? <laughs> just to actually, you know, go and have fun. Right. Um, but the experience is great. I get to meet so many people, uh, so many interesting people. Um, one of the favorites is when we get to run the Epic. Uh, me and my husband usually do a bit of, I guess you could say, LARPing. That's usually about the only LARPing I do. Um, Tell me what that means, Epic. Uh, Epic is where normally most sessions last anywhere from two hours to four hours. And Epic is what we call a community where it's not just one table. It is a large group of tables all having to work together to complete a common goal. And each table has its own DM? Yes. How cool wow, that, that sounds amazing. And they were, so you're, yeah. like all in, you're all in a ballroom, one ballroom yes, together? Yes, one large ballroom. There's usually at least 12 to 14 tables. It can go up to 30 tables depending on how big we can get how it. How do they oh. coordinate that? Uh, where there's a command table and each DM has to have a person report to the command center when they complete their goal or task. Okay. So is it kind of like all hundred players meet in a tavern. <laughs> the a world's guy, largest tavern. Right? And, a guy, and, some, and don't forget there's drinking involved, which right. makes it even more chaotic. And, yeah. and the, evil, the, the evil wizard old man is like, I need a group to go get me this thing, a group to get me this thing, a group to get... And so... And luckily, each, there's 100 of you here. So, like, each table has one piece of the quest? Is that how that works? Or? It can. Each epic's a little different. This one that we did is called Peril the Port. Each had a, depending on where the table could choose where they wanted to go. So they may not all be doing the same thing, or they could all be doing similar tasks. That sounds like an amazing experience. It was. It is loads of fun. I recommend anybody coming to MomoCon. Uh, even just uh, do others. They have so many activities. But just to come visit us at DEM. Yeah, and there's other games there, not just D&D. I sit in at so many other games, Dungeon Crawl, sci-fi stuff. There's so much stuff going on. What was your favorite game that wasn't Dungeons & Dragons? Uh, I sit in on the side. I'm usually not into sci-fi RPGs, but I sit on this one. I didn't even catch the name of it, and I feel so bad about that. It wasn't Starfinder, or Actually, you would remember that, would you? No. It had so many characters. It had this like lizard-like character. It looks like this big, uh, it looks like a huge football player. Right. Um, so if that means anything to you, you might know. Um, that could, that could be a couple things. There's a bunch of things that could be. It sounds like but the gun gun, the greatest RPG ever made. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's um, riding an RPG yeah. very slowly. But, uh, had, I didn't get to stay with it very long because right. they ended up pulling me for it for another game. Right. Um, anything else fun? Yeah, there was Dungeon Crawl Classic, which is a kind of a version of D&D. Right, right. But they took a different direction with it. It was really fun. I got to play that. That I didn't stay with that Starfinder very long. or It may have been Starfinder. Okay. I know they have lizard people characters, but right. that's, I don't know a lot more about I, it. I just remember seeing that was the character that I was given, and he was like a big tank kind of guy. Right. right. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, what I, a little bit I got to play of it, I enjoyed a lot. Which, was it a Die 20 game? Yes. Okay. Probably was Starfinder then. Yeah, it was. So when you play Dungeons & Dragons, what's your favorite race? Um, oh, that's it's, hard. It's always interesting to me that people have such difficulty with that. Well, or, I think the or reason why. they go, I have a favorite race, but I change the class. Or they have a favorite class, but they change the race. Do you have race. a favorite class? 
Uh, druids. I, I like the druids because they're kind of a jack of all trades. I like the shape shifting capability. Oh, that fun. I can pick out. Yeah. But I, I can't pick a race. What is the most insane thing to ever happen at your table? Is it something our kids did? Yeah. <laughs> no, your kids were fantastic. Awesome. Um, they actually picked up the game really, really quickly. I was, I was really yeah, they're first. okay. They had a good teacher. Um, I tell you one good thing you. about all the uh, the RPG video games that people play now is it means that RPG concepts are really easy. Yeah. So biggest, once you start playing tabletop, it's, it, it's a it straight transition. Be, those gray areas were the hardest things to teach. Right. They could understand tables and you know like the charts and the dice and the hexes. And what they had trouble with was understanding that no, now you're going to look at the person sitting next to you and talk like the person you're pretending to be. Right. Like those things. Those the the gray. Yeah. Was always used to be difficult. So, what's your what's your go to technique when you're storytelling or game uh, dungeon mastering? Sorry, Dun- my go to technique. Uh, I use a lot of theater of the mind just because it's hard to change up maps every time. To really try to get the table to act out their own their own thing. I think it's a lot more fun to get them to act it out. Yeah, sure. How do you well, how do you encourage that? Um, for one, I try to show them that it's okay to act like a fool. Okay. That's the reason, uh, and I try not to get them to focus on the winning of everything. A lot of times I find, especially with kids today, they focus so much on the winning aspect of things, they're afraid to fail. Right. Uh, and I, I think that was one of the things I was showing your kids is rolling a one um, is not always a bad thing. Sometimes you get to fall down the hill with your armor on yeah. and, and it makes fun. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You roll a natural one. Yeah, you naturally fail, but something funny is going to happen. Right. And it's okay. Right. A failure can be just as much fun as a success, if not better sometimes. I adore the fact that your husband's character died in that the campaign yep. that you just ran for our kids. Because I love that the first time playing D&D, they got to see that you don't always win, and it's okay. He yeah. was fine. He wasn't he could mad. Be fun. We, yeah. we made the death funny. It's okay. Yeah. It's just on paper. It's not real. Right. What happened is um, my husband's character was in the process of dying, basically. Right. And someone else's character was trying to save him with a medicine check. Well, if you fail on a medicine check, right. it's like failing a death saving roll. Oh, no. And that was his last one. So what I did was while she was trying to, or he was trying to patch the wounds instead, she shoved her finger in the hole, Oops. or he shoved her finger in the hole and caused the, the wound to bleed out. Oh, oh no. way to go, Scotty. <laughs> yep, Scotty <laughs> poked, Accidentally. The finger, Oops. poked the finger in the wrong hole. So. Your son's a murderer. No, yeah. no, no. no. <laughs> it's it's awesome. manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I am Marty Hughes. I'm Jason's wife. Right. We've been married. She's the real favorite. The true favorite. Yeah, the real favorite. <laughs> I don't know about that. But... She's got the longest toes. She really does. <laughs> That's kind of spooky. I, yeah, it is I have spooky. monkey toes. It's, yeah. it's really weird. So one of the things we've been asking everybody is, what got you into gaming? I'm an actress, and so I've always loved acting. I met Jason, okay. My first, I went there to meet it, to sleep, to meet with a guy. Right. <laughs> um, you went there to sleep with a guy? What? Because LARP is cheaper than listen. hotel rooms. Was it Jason? My mom, no. no uh, had not met Jason yet, and my mom uh, might be listening. No. So, okay, so Your mom's anyway. not listening to my podcast. I, I seriously doubt she I'm pretty is. confident she doesn't listen yeah. to us. So, if she is, she better tip in on the Patreon. Right? Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I went, and the guy didn't show up. 
So I'm like, oh, this is sad. And I look over, and Jason's there, and I swear. And you were like, eh, he'll do. Yeah. No, I swear it was like, okay, Princess Bride is my entire, it's always been my favorite movie. And I look over at him, and he looks like Wesley to me. I suddenly see Wesley. He has a ponytail. I used to be a lot more dashing. I was going to say, Wesley has not aged well. <laughs> have, you, have you seen pictures of... Carrie always has not, not aged, aged well either. either. <laughs> it's true. Well, to be fair, he's got to be like 50-something. <laughs> I played that character, but I also chased Jason around all weekend, trying to get him to notice me. And from there, I realized, you know what? I kind of like... I'm acting... No, no, hun, you were stalking. No. <laughs> <laughs> the next game we played was D and D. We played Shadow House for a while, and we played uh, the Mortals venue. Of That's true. And then I got camp. I got into uh, live werewolf, action and Can't Changeling. No, Changeling first, then Mortals and Werewolf. And the more that I I got to do this, the more that I realized I'm really enjoying it. I can kind of almost cry on command when I'm acting. She so always wants an excuse to cry. Can't, I don't. Think, you always get more XP. I don't believe you. Do it. No, well, don't. No, do it. She'll no. be sad all do day. Do it. No. It's, do it. <laughs> <laughs> she really could, and then be, she'll be upset all day, and I, I don't want to do that. I also be playing a character, because Marty, I don't feel like crying, and so I'm not playing a character who needs to cry at that moment. So what is your favorite game? What's your favorite role playing game? Werewolf the Apocalypse. Yes. I love the fact that you're... I love cooperative games. That's why I don't like Vampire. It's because it's PvP, and I don't like that. You I don't, don't like, like player, player versus player. player. Okay. At all. I like for us all to be working for one goal. You want to be a part of a party and have an NPC bad guy that you're fighting. Exactly. I don't want the bad guy to be... This guy standing next to me that's the player. Right. But you he live is. With, yeah, you live with Jason. You don't need another bad guy. No. Exactly. I have to deal with that all the time. I don't need it, you know, when I'm doing something I enjoy. And I also love the fact about Werewolf is that we're fighting against pollution and hurting the environment. And I really love that. And we all have a lot of fun. And you get to play a big furry killing machine, and I'm only five foot tall. So it's a nice change. So it, it's fun to pretend to be tall, even though I do have trouble with it. So a lot of times I have my werewolves to be shorter. Right. <laughs> I am really glad, one, that I married Jason and that I do get to act because with my health problems and things, I can't go to rehearsals and all the stuff it would take to be on stage. So this way I'm on stage, but it's a fluent stage. Kind of, this kind of feeds that itch. Yeah, you get exactly. to. Yeah, so that's why I love it. I hear that's different than why a lot of people love it. it but that doesn't make it wrong. It makes it different. Yeah, and definitely in the game gaming genre, everyone is different. Yeah, it's like if that we can't true. accept different. <laughs> but that's also one of the things that's so awesome about yes. role playing games. Yes, it really makes it fun, and I love the people. I really do. Weird. Different personality. <laughs> yeah, different personalities, but everybody is very accepting, and it's nice because I was picked on when I was in high school and middle school. And Jason still picks on you. And Jason still picks. To on be fair, I pick on everybody. And to be fair, every time Jason picks on Marty, most of our uh, gaming group all Gets swarms in and yells yeah. at him. So, <laughs> which one of us is your favorite? Uh-oh. Uh oh. Hey now. 
Uh-oh. She's thinking about Carrie. Carrie is the most caring person I have met. It's and in her she's name. so sweet. Yeah. yeah, it's in her name. Why is my name Douchey? Yeah, that's true. Carrie, Douchey, and Assy. That's right. <laughs> Where did that come from? You not been listening? I'm what? Sorry. That's our sign off of every podcast. <laughs> You've been listening to Carrie Assy and Douchey. Yeah, that's every episode. <laughs> You're right. Scott does not need no. to listen to these. <laughs> So our last two guests are very special because they have just finished playing their very first game of Dungeons and Dragons. So, uh, what's your name, little girl? Dakota. <laughs> I wouldn't know if I'd call her little. <laughs> She's very tall. Right. And you are? Scott. Okay, so Dakota and Scott. This is, this is our kids. Right. So, tell me what you think of Dungeons and Dragons. I personally think it's a very fun game for both the first time and later players, I feel like. But since I've only played it the first time, I have no idea for later. <laughs> so Eric, let me ask you a question. What did you enjoy about it? Well, I enjoyed how there's many things you could do to pass a situation. Okay. What about you? What did you like about it, Dakota? I liked you can make your own character and do all sorts of stuff, like heal and like battle and attack like things like a bugbear. Right. <laughs> Tell us about your characters. You go first, Dakota. Um, my character was called Charcoal. Charcoal. Yeah. I'm gonna say he, but it really is a she. Well, then say she. It's whichever you feel comfortable with. I feel a little bit more comfortable with he. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So tell us about charcoal. Charcoal is a wizard. Ooh. Covered with dust. Oh, Do you remember okay. what, what race he was? He was a high elf. Oh, a high elf. What was the spell that you used the most? Um, probably, no, I, I can't think. Oh, no. <laughs> you can't remember? What about, what about your character, Scotty? What was My his... character's name was Jack the Jack. Jack the Jack? Yes. That's fun. He comes from a long line of Jacks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a cleric. So what he, do clerics do? He, he could heal in battle. And he also had the toughest armor of them all. Oh, cool. So what was your... what Did we say what race he was? The race is Hill Dwarf. Okay, Hildwarf. so you're a dwarven cleric. Did you do a voice? Cleric, a dwarf voice? No. Okay. Uh, uh, Dakota, did you, did you do a voice for your character? No, but I did sounds for the, the bugbear and some... <laughs> Goblins. Goblins? What's a okay? What's the goblin sound like? That sounds like the Hamburglar. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. All right, what did the bugbear sound like? Okay. That's very good, Dakota. I like that. Also, uh, my character's background was a soldier. Oh, so you used to be a soldier? Uh, in the military. Even though in the in the 
game we were playing, we never encountered any uh, lower levels. Uh, something that came from that was he was able to, if he spots a lower level from the military, he was able to like have them as companions and also a military force he could use. That's cool. So what was the coolest thing your character did? Uh, I'd have to say the uh, bless ability. The bless ability? Yeah, what it does is three people on your team that you choose gets to roll the triangle dice with anything with the 20 die. Or, yeah. They get to add a, a yeah. die four? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. What about you, Dakota? What was the coolest thing your character got to do? Um, probably save all the people from the, from the cage. You oh. saved people who were in a cage? Yeah, 11 of them. That's okay. pretty cool. I heard Scotty killed a guy. <laughs> uh, did you try to heal somebody and didn't uh, get it? Uh, yeah. What, what happened was, you see, I used my two spells. Right. So I had to, like, try to nurse him back with the, uh, the, like, trying to see what's wrong. But Just, what turned out... your skill, yeah. Yeah, I, I rolled low, so yeah. she described it as I poked at him, and then he died. Oh, no! <laughs> so... So, do you guys like Dungeons and Dragons? Yes, it was very, very much. Yeah? Okay, and do you want to play it again sometime? Yeah. yeah. Did you get any experience points? A hundred. A hundred. Oh, that's a cool. lot. You should have tried yelling. You get more experience or points crying. if you loud and cry or, or, wow. or talk with an accent. Talking with an accent. Well, you know, uh, Jason actually got 5 XP today for showing up. Oh! It's that's true. Oh my god, I mm -hmm. wanted to get 100 XP. And you got 200 XP oh. for buying Dakota a water. That's true. Oh, wow. See, you get XP rewards for doing stuff. That's right. That's so right. Did uh, Carrie earn any? No, she didn't do anything. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> she bought cookies. Oh, she did buy cookies. Right? Yeah. Did you get one of those cookies, Dakota? All right, okay. so so I guess Carrie, Carrie, you can have 100 XP for cookies. Thanks. All right. Well, what do you say we go play some more games? You know, Woo! the only way to win at games is to have fun. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm guessing that's your catchphrase. That's our catchphrase. That is our catchphrase. Yeah. Join us next week when our catchphrase is kill all the children. <laughs> ah! I'll throw this chair at you then. Until next time, you can find us at honorrollpodcast.com. Uh, I'm Ryan. I'm Carrie. I'm Jason. And remember, the only way to win an RPG is to have fun. Have fun. Have fun? Have fun. Have fun. Have fun. Let's have go fun. have fun. Did you have Let's fun? Let's go have some fun. Let's have some fun. Have some fun. Yeah. All of the thoughts and opinions that were on this podcast belong to just those folks who were on this podcast and to nobody else. All of the music was courtesy of Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Uh -huh.